Hey, welcome to another episode of Just Being Amos Podcast with my co-host Trevor. And in this episode, we want to give our comic book review of Bleed Them Dry by Vault Comics and also Mercy by Image. And also, we're going to talk about the announcement that Michael Keaton might be playing Batman again. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Hey everyone, another episode of Just Being Amos Podcast with my co-host Trevor. What's up, Trevor? What's up? Yo, how you been, man? Been good. Been good. And yourself? I've uh, been okay. You know, could be better. <laughs> well, yeah, everybody, yeah. for everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm okay. It's 2020, you know. Yeah. That's pretty much all you have to say. Yeah, it's 2020. Yeah. What a year so far, right? Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Almost halfway done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who knows what the second half is gonna hold for us? <laughs> <laughs> Shit, more problems. Seem like it. Yeah, probably. more problems, man. So, in this podcast, um, in this episode, we going we had like three topics, but um, we're gonna talk about uh, our comic book picks of the week. You know, it's, it, we actually read the same book this time around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we're gonna talk about in the um, news about Michael Keaton and Batman. Showing up in the new Ezra, Ezra, I'm saying right, Ezra, Ezra, Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller, Flash movie, and also we're gonna talk about a little bit about the Warren Ellis Ellis situation. I'm not gonna really dive in that man too much, (laughs) (laughs) but anyway, uh, we're gonna talk about the Michael. It was rumors. I mean, I think he's in talk with DC um, and Warner Brothers playing Batman because we know Michael Keaton. He played Batman in 1992, Tim Burton. Batman. Right. So, which, by the way, I thought was at, at that time was one of the best Batman movies, you know, at that time. You know, as a kid, oh, I loved it. There's still some of my favorites. I mean, yeah. you know, Jack Nicholson's a little bit over the top with his Joker. Of course. And the second one was too much Penguin. It was like Ugh. too much ugly oh, that was t- ugly, ugly makeup, Danny DeVito as the Penguin. It's like, we're here to see Batman. Plus, <laughs> you have like... You know, sexy Michelle Pfeiffer in that, you know, tight spandex Catwoman suit. And yet, all you're going to show us is the penguin. Yeah, Manny focused on the penguin. It's like, fail. (laughs) (laughs) Because it basically made it for the penguins, man. And it was disgusting looking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And after that, it was all downhill after that. Yeah. yeah, yo, cause you know he Joe Schumacher, he just died this past week too. He did, yes. Unfortunately, he didn't have a very good track record with the uh, Batman movies. No, he did not. It had, he had nipples on the um, yeah, the nipple bat on suit. the bat suit. <laughs> <laughs> nipples on the bat, the suit. infamous bat nipples. Was it George Clooney, right? Bat nips. Was... Well, I think he he did the first one with Val Kilmer, right? Um, which was Batman Forever. I want to say. I think so. Um. Then that one was Batman and Robin, right? And then Batman and Robin. That was the one with the nipples. George Clooney. Yeah. <laughs> and Poison and Ivy. The huge, yeah, cut piece. And yeah, yeah. Over the top. Yeah. Way over the top. But anyway, back to Michael Keaton. <laughs> so the rumor is that he's probably in talking talks with um, DC and Warner Brothers and playing a new Flash movie. 
And the way the rumors are is that he might play an older Batman. Of course, an older Batman. Well, he's right. not going to play a younger Batman. <laughs> Unless they de-age him like they always in these movies. That, that is true. They could. <laughs> so they could do that. Technology comes a long way for special effects, you know. And I'm thinking they're going to be doing some time travel. The Flashpoint type of thing, you know. Right, probably. Because that right there, um, that Flashpoint, they introduced the new 52 in the, in the books. So Flashpoint, then he had a new 52. It was a way to bring in new readers. You know how the industry does. You know, mm-hmm. Oh, we're bringing new readers. We're going to reboot another another time. DC does it a lot, man. Yeah. That was, well, uh, this is kind of with this thing that I'm hearing about um, you know, bringing in Michael Keaton, which I'm all in favor of. Right. And it sounds like they're going to – the idea is to bring him in, and it sounds like kind of like a Nick Fury role, kind right. of like a mentor or, you know, you know an older – an older, wiser Batman who's, you know, he's been around the block, um, which is great. But the problem that DC gets in gets into, and the reason I'm not a huge DC fan, is that there's all these multi universes. <laughs> oh, yes, you know, it's like I know, I know Marvel has like the multiple Earths, and sometimes they cross over, but it's not a lot you know it's like some characters will come over or sometimes they go to the other another earth like spider verse um right. stories they got right so exactly what, what's her name ghost spider now yeah, ghost spider Gwen. Was, yeah, um, but yeah she lives in an alternate earth but then she comes over to 616 every now and then yeah. and then you had old man logan and you know that sort of thing coming into this and that's fine because it's not too crazy right 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 dc always kind of feels like it's we have 60 superman and you know 700 batman and whatever and it's like especially when you watch like the movies and the tv shows it's like they're all played by different actors at different ages and whatever and it's like how is it that on this other earth the same guy looks completely different and you know but (laughs) but you know what this always the thing about the comic books even in um some tv shows Everybody wonders about it. There's also in the Adaba gang, another person like you know, in another universe or a parallel right. universe. That's always been the case with comic books. And I've seen more, even shoot, even in Supernatural, dude. The guy named Chuck, he's playing, the guy played God's name is Chuck, right? He made multiple, multiple versions of Sam and Dean. And he's like, you know what? You are my favorite Sam and Dean. <laughs> Y'all are very entertaining. So he actually wiped out the other earth and just like, okay. So. The idea of having multiverse is a cool idea, man. But it's got to be done right. Right. And you can't keep just having it constantly pile on or rebooting it. Or it's like, oh, we're kind of sick of this one. So we're going to do the DC 52. So now it's like these aren't even the same characters that you grew up and loved. And, you know, they're just similar. And so I just can't, can never get behind that. It's like, you just, no. Yeah, when they did that Flashpoint after they did the New 52, I stopped reading the books. I'm like, damn, man. I mean, all I read, I got to read. Yeah, it just didn't click with me. But, you know, I am going back and actually reading the trades on that stuff, man, because I couldn't buy the single issue of that. And those books are worth nothing. Yeah. They're really not. Because you can see there are a lot of them in these conventions that's sitting in the $1 bin. Yeah. But it's like, you know, you read things like I was reading up on like years ago. It's like, who is the Huntress? I'm kind of curious. So I looked right. up and it's like, she's like Batman's daughter from another universe. Yes, and now she's woman. over here or whatever. And you're just like, oh, dear God, my head is bleeding. <laughs> so we, we're going to see how the Michael Keaton role. He might not be playing Batman. He might be playing Bruce Wayne. Who knows? 
Someone said he might right. be playing the Batman Beyond. Right. Or he, uh, yeah, or he could be Batman, but not Bruce Wayne. Right. He's like a different Batman. Or, you know, but of course, you know, because now you have him and then you already have Robin, uh, Robert Patterson, uh, Pattinson's uh, yeah. like Batman that's coming out. And then you already had Ben Affleck's Batman. And so it's, it's yeah. already, you know, confusing. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. So. Like you said, you could be playing Thomas Wayne as Batman because he was actually in the books. The Thomas Wayne, Batman, Bruce died, and the Joker was Bruce's mom. <laughs> wait, wait, what? Yeah, no, man. I was about to say, what if it's what if it was something like you know, uh, Bruce Wayne and Martha Wayne were killed in the alley, and the dad like was like, "Now I'm gonna take revenge," and he became Batman, you <laughs> right. know, something like that. That would be an interesting take. Yeah, but. so he actually. Yeah, like I said, Thomas Martha Wayne. became Batman, and Martha became the Joker in one and, of the. And then Superman's mom, Martha, and she Superman. became Superman, and so it was like the Marthas, <laughs> and they became super best friends because they had the same. That's name. one of the corniest lines in the movie, dude. <laughs> what did you say? Martha. Martha. <laughs> my mom's name is Martha. Mine too. Oh my God, we must be besties. <laughs> That's a poor writing, dude. Like, really? That's how you come together? Because your mom's name is Martha. My mom's name is Martha. Come on, man. Get the hell on with that shit. Oh, man. I don't care about that. But anyway, man. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, Michael Keaton. I'm kind of glad because I like Michael Keaton. He played... Oh, he was great as Batman, and I I loved him in, in yeah, everything he, he does. He was good always, in Vulture. In the, uh, oh, he was excellent. Homecoming. In, yeah, he, he's excellent in Homecoming. And Birdman, the one you got. Yeah, Birdman. I mean, he, but he's been great. I loved him, you know, in all of his, like, old comedy movies and stuff. That's like, right. you know, Mr. Mom mm-hmm. and, you know, Gung Ho. And, and the one he was a gangster. What was that? Uh, what was that one called? Uh, I remember that one. Johnny Dangerously? Johnny Dangerously or something like that, like that. yeah. yeah. Yeah, he yeah he was doing a lot of comedy comedy things. I mean show I mean shows not movies. Yeah, no Michael Keaton's great. I've always I've always liked him. Yeah, I have too, man. But man, he he played a good, good vulture though. I mean, that was pretty good. Yeah, no, he was really good because you could he brought the character down to earth, but he would you know he'd be so charming and just you know hey I'm just kind of a blue collar and then he would just be so sinister and you're just like I hey, that's a sign of a sociopath. Right. No, not really. Well, no, I mean a bit, but you know, he just kind of he he got screwed over and was Tony like, Stark. yeah, and was like, you know, I have to support my family, and so he decided to go with some less less ethical means of doing so. Dude, isn't it something in the Spider-Man movie the villains are actually made by Tony Stark? <laughs> just think about that. A lot of the times, the times it, it is, it, you know. Yeah, like Mysterio was a former employee of um, Tony Stark. Like, wow. And um, Adrian Toomes, Michael Keaton character, the Vulture, got screwed over by Tony Stark making mm-hmm. um, damage control. Like, yeah, Tony, you, you kind of screw some people over, man. Yep. Indirectly, you ain't know it, but well, you did. Well, then Ultron. Ultron, he built that. <laughs> you know what? Come to think of it, the way Tony Stark screwed up the damn um, MC, not the MC, but screwed up big time. <laughs> yeah, no, when you look but at he, it, it's like, oh, wow. But he made it up at the end. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, but anyway. So that was the news um, going in um, this this week as far as the movies and stuff like that for comic book related things. Yeah, I think you mentioned something to me about Thor too. Well, I saw yeah, I saw an article that said that somebody who's been right about a few things in the past has leaked a couple um, potential villains for mm-hmm. a Thor: Love and Thunder. Right. 
and I can't remember the second one now, but the first one was Enchantress. About time. She, right. Yeah. Which would, which would make sense. And then the other one was, it wasn't like one person. It was like a group of like creatures or something like that that was that um, are trying to take over Asgard or something like that. Right. They've always been like foes of Odin or something like that. I don't, I can't remember offhand at the top of my head, but. Well, I'm hoping that Beta Ray Bill shows up. Cause you know he got Stormbreaker, um, from the end, I mean from the end games that Thor, Thor does. Yeah, you might get um, what's his hammer name again? Mjolnir. 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 Yeah, we hope maybe Mew Mew. Mew Mew. Well, someone pointed out she might become a Valkyrie, a Valkyrie or something like that. Jane Foster. Maybe because she's in the book. She's also a Valkyrie now. She right. was Thor. Right. She was no. Thor. Now she's Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Yeah. So one of your favorite characters, which you did not. Well, like. well Brunhilda Brun, 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 Brun was. Brunhilda. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. They had to kill her off to then. Let, that, let, that was brutal, man. The, yeah. To then let uh, <laughs> Jane Foster become Valkyrie. It's like fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. They, I read that issue like, damn, man, really. Trevor, Trevor, one of his favorite characters, dead. Yeah. <laughs> she'll be back. For now, she'll, <laughs> she'll be back eventually. Be back. That's how this works. Yeah, she'll come back. You know, and since we're still talking about comic book stuff, um, I think I said we're going to talk about the Warren Ellis situation. We're going to briefly talk about it. Because Among others. Other he's things. Not the, no, he's not, he's not the only one. He's not the only one. So um, you, yeah, got, you can talk more about others. that. So, I mean, But, you know, Warren Ellis is one of my favorite writers, man. You know, he's done so much in the industry. You know, from Transmetropolitan trans run he had, and also he's done a run on Thunderbolts. He did so many things with Marvel and DC, and um, and he's allegedly is allegedly accused, which I can't get it right. Of who Ellis? Yeah, Ellis. He's well. I mean, he's he's been accused, and he even issued an apology saying that you know, yeah, he took advantage. He may not have known it at the time or realized that he was doing it, but yes, he took advantage of his position of power, you know, of the power dynamics at cons with fans and things like that. So and the people that worked for him, right? So he's pretty much yeah admitted it. Well, there you go. He admitted it. He's not denying it, right? So I mean, that's one step. Yeah, and that's that's what you see a lot of these a lot of days. You they'll come out with an immediate apology, like oh I didn't know and. You know, and that's great that they're apologizing, and maybe in some cases they didn't, but it's become far too prevalent now yeah. that these apologies just aren't really cutting it. It's no. kind of like you should have known better in the first place. Yeah, yeah. So you're right about that, but you know, like you said, he's been—he's uh, not the only one. You said no. There was another guy named Mike Cole, and then there was—I had read something by John Scalzi that he was trying to sort out his feelings as friends of theirs, and right. you know that sort of thing. And he mentioned like one or two other names, so it—it's not—it's um, uh, not uncommon. And then, of course, there's been a couple incidents in the comedy world that it's been happening too. Right. Um, of particular note, Chris D'Elia, who I was don't on, know who that is. he was on Undateable and Whitney, and um, he's a stand-up comedy. Apparently, he's been oh him yeah he's been a he bit of a, like a rugged looking guy with the beard and the, yeah, yeah longish okay. hair, hair longish yeah. greasy looking hair yeah, yeah. yeah he's apparently been a little bit creepy and kind of hitting on underage girls Uh-oh. and stuff like that yeah R. So, Kelly yeah so um people have been starting to speak out about that one and probably a couple other comics as well I mean obviously it's not 
it's not uncommon in the comedy world because you know a lot of women have enough troubles, and of course you have what's his name, um, um, Louis, uh, Louis C.K. Oh, that's right, that motherfucker. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, um, what's there's been some others. Oh, I just heard about one. Uh, one of the actors on The Expanse apparently is now being accused of being creepy and predatory. It's and, your favorite show. Yeah. Um, luckily, it's not one of my favorite characters. Oh, but okay. It was a little bit surprising, and they haven't officially announced any sort of, you know, they're kind of looking into the matter, and the, the show itself hasn't announced any, right. made any public statement yet. So it's at this point it's it's alleged but i have seen some text messages that they shared and it was oh, like yeah 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 but so. you know when they they've been doing it for so long you know and it's the day and age is unacceptable and it's coming coming back to bite them in the ass i guess right. you want to say right. that so yeah it's coming to roost it's coming so. to roost yeah that's what i'm looking for there you go thanks for finishing my sentence You're man right. so I'm yeah exactly it's it's just it, at this point it, it just makes me really upset and disappointed at that, the same time that people are still acting like this or that they've acted like this in general. And well, look in the white house. Know. Right. Well, yes, <laughs> but I mean, some of these guys, it's like, they should know better. And, yeah. but apparently they don't. And it's just kind of one of those privileged, you know, type attitudes. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, you can't tell, I mean, it's privileged attitude and, it's an abuse of power. Yes. You know, exactly. it's always like that. Men with power always abuse it. So Right. And a lot of the ones we're seeing with like, you know, the comic book creators and the you know, the some of the actors and stuff, a lot of it is when they're at conventions and things like that. It's like they use their, Hey, I'm a star, I'm you know, I'm I'm kind of famous or I am famous or, you know, and you know you want to hang out and have sex with me, right? It's that <laughs> yeah, sort of that yeah. sort of attitude. But it's like not necessarily taking no for an answer and being, you know, creepy, creepy or yeah, predatory or grooming women for things and yeah, yeah. So. They've been doing they've been doing it for so many years now. It's finally come to get them. I get them, but you know, like I said, I mean, it's just it's just sad. I'm disappointed, you know, because mm-hmm. he's one of my favorite writers, man. Like. Yeah, but yeah. It's here. always, it's always, it's, as they say, never meet your heroes because <laughs> they'll be a letdown. <laughs> yeah, because they'll probably disappoint you. Yeah. So good thing I, they're not my heroes. I just admire what they do. You know who my hero right. is? My dad. That's my hero. I have some bad news about your dad. Amos. What man? I have some texts that he was sending. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> no, serious though, man. My dad's my role model, man. I look up to my dad. And I, and that's good. And so I mean. I love I used to love watching sports, Michael Jordan. I like those guys, but you know, hey, Charles Barkley said, "I'm not your role model." I mean, which you know, you are his, you are people role model. They you, look yeah, at you. You though. are a role model, so well, you, yeah, you really do need to right. to kind of act the part, or you know, don't be surprised when people start acting the same way as you do. Right. Um, but it's set of a higher standard. It what it is. Right. You know, there's a responsibility that comes with fame and power, and right. you know, it's. I know you didn't ask for it, but it's one of those things. If you want to be in the limelight, if you want to stand out and be like, hey, look at me, then... It's the package right. deal. <laughs> what comes with that is, hey, don't be an asshole. You know, try and at least have some form of moral standards. Oh, well, we because got... people are going to emulate you. Yes, they are. 
Oh, well, we got some assholes. So be what you you know, be what you want the world to be is really the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So that's you know, we briefly talked about that. I'm not gonna dig into more of that, but we gonna review a comic book that we both um like and it's called Mercy, right? Yes. And it is, I can't pronounce his name. Can help me out here, Trevor? <laughs> I'm trying to remember what her name is. It's, you uh, yeah, it's because she's also the writer and the artist of the book, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I mm-hmm. think it's on like the is Mirko, page or something. Mirka Andolfo. Andolfo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's also the one who does that. The vamp- no, the, the demon uh, in unsacred the Unsacred or something. Unsacred. Yeah, the demon and the angel relationship. That's, yeah. Yeah, just like series of like one one or two page, you know, misunderstandings. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm so behind in that, dude. I didn't realize there's already like seven or eight issues. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm I like, saw it at the yeah at the store the other day. I'm, I'm I read issue one, two, and three. I'm behind. Uh, I've only read the first one. But. And the way it's set up, like you looked at it, it's it's like one page deal with one situation, another page deal with a different. It's just like. Misunderstanding each time in different pages, man. It's just like okay, and the way it's formatted, it's the panels are so small. Yeah, it, it, like reading a comic strip. Yeah, it was a scene like to me, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. Is she also the one who did that? Unnatural. The, yeah, unnatural. The one with the sexy pig. Yeah. Which at certain points you're like, man, that kind of is a sexy pig. Yeah, I, I don't eat pork. <laughs> I kind of feel yeah, I kind of feel weird about this. Yeah. <laughs> So mercy, and how can we explain this, Trevor, about mercy? Uh, it's really hard because I don't even know what's going on at this point. You know, I don't know who I'm supposed to be rooting for. Because everybody got a be- not at home. Everybody looking out for their own benefit. Everybody's self, that own agendas. Right. It's seen in this book. This person got this agenda. This person got that agenda, and they all it really all going to collide that way. I see it, and it's all going to come to a, a head, and so. And it's just so much going on, man. At first, the first book was great. I mean, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it got me. I said, okay. Because at the way it ended, the, the last panels was like, okay, this lady is mean. Because you see her, she's all nice and everything. So which one are we talking about? The older lady. Lady Swanson? The, lady Swanson, right? right. In the first book, she's all high class and this noble and stuff like high society. Then you see panels later, she actually like running like a brothel. Right, she runs the brothels. She then also has those two dudes who were. Well, I don't know if they were killed. I reread it the other day, and I I think they may have just like severely beaten them and broken some bones. Right. Um, Because it looked like they then tossed them out in the alley. So I'm not positive whether they were killed or not. Um, But yeah, so basically she. yeah, she walks in, and because they were bad mouthing her and her family at the funeral, <laughs> right? Or the or whatever it was, the um, it was a church, but not a church. It, it was a, it, a pastor was there, but it right, was it was like, a, but a they sermon. were they were honoring like a a day. It was like an anniversary or anniversary something. of the people who died in the mine, right? That's right. Um, so it was, <laughs> so yeah, she she basically has them beaten and then thrown <laughs> into the alley, possibly killed, and so yeah, she's she's got an. A mean streak. See, I didn't. I didn't expect uh, yeah, that. Her shadowy side. Yeah, so I didn't expect that. Was like a turn, like the okay, right. And then you see what's her name, Lady Helen. So then we got Lady Lady Helene. Helene, right. who um, she's obviously she's being groomed by a butler, an older butler-looking dude, right? Who's like, you know, you need to smile, you need to act, you know, human, whatever. Which 
you instantly get the idea that she's one of these creatures that we met in the mine. Right. Or she must be. And that's why he's, he wants her to act human. So people don't suspect. And they're coming to this town in Seattle where this mine accident happened, where, you know, lady Swanson lives and has the brothel and all that. Um, and so she's coming to that town and then we also have the little girl, right. Rory, who lives with her mean uncle having to like do work, but she's kind of always out and about. And she's like, she misses her mom, um, who she thinks is an angel. Uh-huh. And, um, and she, uh, <laughs> she is like super religious. I mean, she like, is. she's like, you're going to go to hell and you're just, <laughs> it's like, Oh my God. Yeah. She is out there. She's very the, blunt but, about that. Yes, but, yeah. um, and you know, a little bit kind of spoiled and, um, but even despite being abused, she's still a little spoiled. Um, right. and then you have the, the brother, and, brother sister. and sister, Jonathan and, What's his sister's name? I forgot about the sister name. I forget her name. Yeah, I forgot it too. But, but she she works in the brothel, and she's a little bit more blunt and is like, you know, hey, stop coddling Rory. You know, she's spoiled. She didn't even say thank you, that sort of thing. And then uh, Jonathan seems to be the only guy who's a decent person. Yeah, all the crooks and <laughs> right. heathens. <laughs> right so then you know so then the second one is more the second issue is more lady helene and now we see that she is a monster right. and that she needs to eat brains eat brains and you know and she ends up saving rory um when rory calls her mommy because you're about to attack her of right but then she kills the uncle instead and yeah. then um takes her in because apparently when she called her mom it resonated within her, probably because my theory is that she's actually the body of her actual mother. Mm-hmm. You know, she's just now got this alien entity or whatever, these plant, plant growth things. things yeah. yeah. Body snatchers. Yeah. That turn them into these weird, like, Ugh. vampire demon looking things when they start to eat. And, yeah, their faces change. And, and you'll be honest with it, when they change, it's everywhere. The, the art is just everywhere. I mean, you got the teeth, and you like, tentacles almost coming out the mouth and right yeah these weird things that look like they almost look like appendixes yeah <laughs> like at the end of like your intestines a little appendix or whatever it's kind of what it looks like coming out and yeah. these weird like frog looking eyeball things <laughs> yeah. it's yeah it's very strange Dude, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that you read a book like this i i mean normally i wouldn't but i like the, i like the art the art is what got me because the art is fantastic it's beautiful um, the story's kind of bonkers. And, and, right. Just, just like all of her art has been. Like, you know, um, this one's a little bit less cartoony. This is more right. realistic. Whereas, you know, un- Unnatural was definitely, you know, a little bit more sexy cartoony. And then Unsacred is, you know, it's... Slapstick. It's, right. It's a little bit more slapstick. Definitely more animated style. But, you know... And I think the way the story is... T- the way the person who's writing it and whatever's writing it, she's, she's catering the... The art to the storytelling, right? And that's what it, it's that's great when you're the artist, man. You could be versatile that way. Yeah, because because unnatural has like this. It kind of has like this mood lighting, a little bit like neon, kind uh-huh. of you know, but like subdued neon, which just makes you think, you know, yeah, sexy. Yeah. And she reminds. And me. then unsacred is very like bright pastel, like you know, it it's 
it, it captures the you know the comedic lightheartedness, and this one is dark. It's really dark, but the colors still complement the darkness, though. It's just the they do. It's like because Lady Helene is like very bright. She's she's got blonde, bright blonde hair, very pale skin, but she wears like you know dark reds and dark whatever that kind of contrast. And who's the colorist for the? Cause they're doing an excellent job. Is she also the colorist? I wouldn't uh, be surprised uh, if she is, but yeah, I mean. I really like her work, man. But it's, she's versatile, like you said. Yes. And I, I thought another um, artist that does that is Stuart Inman. Mm-hmm. You know, he, uh, man, dude, he, his work is excellent. I like his work, man, because he could do something like you ever read Next Wave? No. Once again, it was written by Warren Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> Might not be reading that anytime soon. I got it in his. I got it in my hardcover, man. I'm not. Yeah, but it's um. Stuart Inman did that, and it was more like his work was eccentric. It was just, no, it was kinetic. It was like everywhere. And he also did his Ultimate Spider-Man too. Mm-hmm. You know, at the Mark left, you know, everybody, other people was doing it. And his work, he he changes up his style according to the storytelling. Right, and that's great, man. It is. It's it's very important, yeah, to to match the the theme or the you know the. Um, it's the look of the the writer who's writing the story wants that type of look for his characters and the way it the the tone of the story. So you have need an artist who's going to like resonate with you. you Got to have that synergy with you when you do something like that. Right. And and right there. And but for her, she's actually just doing both, like writing and art in that book, man. So right. Yeah. She's like doing all of doing it. Doing all so. of it, man. Hey, kudos to her, man. Cause I didn't know I didn't know who it was at first. I'm like, who is this person? I cannot have a hard time pronouncing names. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, it's this book right here is I kind of if you are big into fantasy or or even a little bit of horror, it's horror in there too. It's it's definitely more horror. horror yeah. yeah, I would say. But it's it's a mystery. mystery t- I can't talk with it. A mystery. I can't take talk today, man. Damn. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> Damn. Uh, suspenseful horror and a mystery. Yeah, that's it. I got it out. Thank you, Trevor. You there. Good job. <laughs> so the next book that we read, um, and then, and I was kind of like recommending this by one of my um, one of the workers at Doctor Knows, Izzy. Shout out to Izzy at Doctor Knows. He said you need to read this. Amy. You might like this. Okay. So the name the name of this book is um, Bleed Them Dry, a ninja vampire tale. Now when she said ninja vampires, oh yeah. I like some ninjas. Yeah, let's see. This is by uh, uh, Vault Comics. Who wrote it? I know the writer. He actually, It's written by Elliot Rahal. Rahal also. The art is by Dyke Ruan. Ruan? Yeah. Ruan, I think. Yeah. Now, Elliot, he actually um, wrote Midnight Vista that Claire Meath was doing the art. And I recognize his name. I said, he does on Midnight Vista for Aftershock. So, yeah, I picked up this book, and Izzy said, um, yeah, Ninjas and Vampires. At first, I didn't see the ninjas until, like, the last panel. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Yeah, you look at it, and, like, the color, I mean, the cover is pretty nice. Yeah, it, it looks is. like the art's going to be good. And then you open it up, and the art is pretty good. Um, it's, you know, it's pretty solid. But, yeah, I got to say, I read it, and it was way too exposition-y. It was a lot, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just like a lot of reading and like, you know, info dumping and what you gotta not say? a whole lot happened. And then we didn't, apparently we didn't even get introduced to the, yeah, this vampire slayer until like the last no, page. Right. 
Um, Which is the first book, I, I guess, to try to get introduced the world to you. Because this is set in like 3,000, 3,333, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, like 3,000. Like, what the hell, man? <laughs> right. Although for something so futuristic, it just kind of seems like mundane, you know, regular world. I mean, I guess yeah. some of the cityscape is oh, a little yeah, bit futuristic looking. Yeah. Because, you know, obviously they have rings around the building, you know, like <laughs> yeah. on planets, you yeah. know, like Saturn. But <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, otherwise it just kind of feels regular. Right. Well, maybe the second book might explain more because the ninja did show up at the last page of the book. Like, okay, right? And I'm sure it will. And it looks like our main detective woman. I can't even remember her name now. Yeah, um, she. Uh, it looks like she got bit by her partner at the last. You know, at the end, right. and so we do, he. So now our our vampire, our ninja vampire guy shows up, and he takes her with him. Right, and then that's kind of where we leave off. So she could turn into a vampire herself. Um, yeah, because it's, 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 I like the title to bring you in. He said, like, okay, ninjas and vampires. And bleed them and dry. bleed them dry. Like, okay, it might be pretty. And I would say it's a slow burn. It's like, it seems like a slow burn. It could be, yeah. but unfortunately, it's not enough to capture my attention yeah. and be, make me go, oh, I really want to read that second book because yeah. I kind of don't care. <laughs> it's not bad, but yeah, it's it's too slow paced. It's too much exposition and not enough action yeah. for what action, looks like, like it's supposed, supposed to be, to be an action yeah. title. Yeah. And it actually came in like three pages late in the back of the book. Yeah, there's some at the back, and then there's the one scene where that guy bursts out of the closet, <laughs> yeah. and then he's slashed in half like the next panel. So and like you said, most of it's just words and exposition. It isn't what it is, all words. Right. Which is nothing wrong. And kind of the, our writer is trying to get his point across about this thing, the world that he's creating. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I just feel it wasn't done in a very well done way it was just kind of hey we're just gonna dump it all out right here and you know like whenever they talk like she's talking about talking to let me find the the page but it, was, it was i mean there was the one page with the news broadcaster going on for an entire page talking about you know vampires being in the world but then there was the immortal oh yeah when she's talking to him and he's like um <laughs> Uh, yeah. she's like really one of my one of the hybrids that doesn't make sense i thought that's a, that society is prejudiced against them that they're misunderstood that it, we need to be more tolerant your sensitivity training is kicking into it's like <laughs> he's explaining you mean that they're oppressed you mean that they, <laughs> you know oh, let's explain exactly what a hybrid is but yeah, they already they know what a hybrid is nobody so explained it yeah it's know? one of those things that you don't need to explain it to somebody who already knows so and they should explain it you know? right you no know, we you know i think sometime when it comes to new books and, and the way that book is I think they should have had like a summary of the world before in the first page and explain a little bit of it. Maybe a little bit. They actually do, but it's yeah. on the back. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I re yeah, I finally noticed it after I had read the entire book. I was well, like, that would have been helpful at the beginning. beginning. Yeah, so right. put it in the fucking back, man. Put it in the beginning. Right. But even then, I don't necessarily like it. But yeah, if you're going to give like a quick blurb that just kind of gives you a general idea. Well, I didn't even read it in the back, damn. Right. I, see, there you go. Right, which, which would have been more helpful. But, <laughs> but, you know, I think in this case, especially because you have a... You know, comics are a medium that has both images and words. Mm -hmm. So you can tell a story with the images and you don't necessarily need the words pointing them out. Right. Or if there's something you do want to get get across, you can use, you know, the little the color boxes and stuff like that. Right. You know, the as 
either thoughts or, you know, just kind of we're explaining the world here. But you need to make it quick and you need to make it concise. You can't let it drag on too long or you're going to bore the reader. Oh, this happens a lot. Right. It so a lot. But guys, like I said, if you are into Ninja Vampires, I mean, they sold the title, but I think they didn't sell the, in, the inside of the book like they're supposed to. Um, but, you know, if you like vampires and ninjas, you know, like futuristic stuff, I mean, check it out. I mean, we recommend it. If not, don't pick it up. Yeah. I don't necessarily recommend it, but I'm not going to say it's terrible. Oh, it's not a terrible book. It's just, you know, it 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 didn't catch me. It didn't hook me. So Well, I got to tell Izzy that you didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Izzy should be listening to this podcast. She should already know. Yeah, I'm going to tell Izzy tomorrow yeah. when I call it Izzy. <laughs> Trevor's when he listens to the podcast, he kind of wrecked your book. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but that's it, man. I mean, anything else you need we need to discuss? Because this is about it. This for this week for no, I think books. I think that's about it. I mean, I haven't been doing a whole lot. I've just been uh, gaming it. Yeah, going through uh, Saints Row the Third. I'm about over seventy. I'm about seventy five percent of the way through it now. Damn, son. Yeah. Well, the funny you just th- started last week. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is I don't even feel like I've done much of the. Um, much of the story itself, like the story missions, I've mostly just been doing a lot of all the side missions and all the little, you know, the um, the activities that you can do and stuff and going around and finding all of the hidden items. Trevor, Trevor, Trevor. <laughs> Stealing all the cars, doing all the assassinations. Ah, Trevor. You know, picking up hoes. <laughs> picking up hoes. <laughs> picking up some hoes, huh? Yeah. Oh, you can't do that in that game. Huh? Yeah, you get the yeah the whole um, you pick up hose. You do the escort missions where you have to drive the car around while you know the prostitutes having sex with the client. With the Johns. Yeah, and you have to keep them away from all the news camera vans or you know the <laughs> their angry wives or something like. That. Wow! <laughs> wow, man! Yeah, that game cracks me. Oh, up. I do want to talk about um, next month in July. Um, Umbrella Season 2 Umbrella Academy Season 2 is coming Right, we got that coming out Coming out, yeah And also, um, I'm a big fan Next month, Transformers The Siege of Cybertron is coming out And um, on Netflix I'm kind of, wow, I haven't seen A Transformer animation in a while You know mm-hmm. It's coming out July 30th, I can't wait for that It's not the same voice actors like Peter Cullen And Frank Wicker, you know, from Megatron And Optimus Prime, but they're close enough Right so I can't wait for that. So I I might talk about that when that come out next month. More of it, you know, more details and stuff like that. But, you know, that's about it for me, man. You know, um, Trevor, how can people reach you? Because I know you've been very busy. Yeah, on been, one of your uh, things. Um, you can reach me at Twitter. Um, it's at Toshiro Noronin. Follow my guy. Yeah, I've been. It, it's been a lot of like more, you know, the political posting yeah. and stuff, you know, retweeting because that's kind of where I do that. You know, I try and leave Facebook as just for friends and family, <laughs> yeah. and I barely even use that anymore. But, um, but yeah, Twitter is where I'll, I'll get a little bit more political, political and honest and blunt. Yes, you really do. <laughs> you really do. Like something about um, like the horror movie. That just- oh well, that was yeah, that was funny the other day where somebody somebody made a comment that you know I I apologize for all those times I watched a horror movie and you know and. Uh, thought they were so unrealistic for those stupid kids going into the murder basement it's like well <laughs> the world has kind of shown us that's probably true <laughs> see i laughed and i was like yeah because my whole problem with horror movies is that people are so stupid and illogical and whatever and it's like 
Yeah, but they really are. So maybe I need to give horror movies a, uh, a break. Yeah, maybe I should to. rethink my opinion. Of <laughs> reality is like almost like this shit, man. So. It is. It's like literally people just walking right out and, you know, eh, just, just die, you know. <laughs> right? I mean, shit, man. Yeah, I have noticed that on Twitter with you. So, um, guys, check out um, Trevor on Twitter with his political rants and stuff like that. And you also can check me out at JustBeingAmos.com. And also on Just Being Amos on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Peace. Just Being Amos.